biggest challenge that I see is a lot of times we think once I get to the goal, then my mindset will change. When in reality, your mindset has to change before you get to the goal. And that is the biggest thing that people don't really realize. And so what ends up happening is, like you said, each year we set the same goals over and over and over and over and over again. And we wonder, is there something wrong with my goal? Is there something wrong with me? Is my goal too big? And I always tell people, it's not that your goals are too big, it's that your mindset is too small. And you cannot accomplish a new goal with an old mindset. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss. Happy first Tuesday of 2021. I don't know about you, but I'm having a really hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that we're already in a new year. There have been moments throughout 2020 where I I really still thought we were in March. I know I've said this before, but I'm having, I just can't believe we're in a new year, but I feel ready for it. I think we have some more work to do before things go back to quote unquote normal, but I'm learning to ride the waves, even if it's painful, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I feel stagnant. On New Year's Eve, I shared a post on our Instagram talking about how for me, 2020 was really the year of the in-between. I know I've heard people, and you've probably heard people too, talk about 2020 as the year of the pause and the year that you slowed down. But I I didn't slow down in 2020, probably because I don't know how, um, if I'm being very honest. But for me, more than anything, it was the year of the in-between, in-between where I am and where I want to be, in-between these feelings of loss and grief and anxiety and the pandemic and everything else that sort of absolutely comes with this time. And I, I shared this in our newsletter last Thursday, and if you're not subscribe to the newsletter. I highly, highly, highly recommend that you subscribe. I'll include the link in the show notes for today's episode. But I was talking about in our newsletter how I couldn't believe how many photos and videos I took in 2020. And the moments that I really captured and look back fondly on now definitely look and feel different than moments I had captured in years prior. But I think I think that's the point of 2020 and, and this past year in a year that for me felt like this just one giant in-between, I can't help but think how we handle and celebrate and choose these in-between moments and how, what we make of them and how we choose to approach them and learn from them. There are so many gifts and opportunities. And so I am really excited to share with you today's new episode on the podcast today is Lariel Lipkins. And Lariel is a wife, a mother of two. She's an international speaker, entrepreneur, corporate trainer, and author of A Woman with Vision. And she really specializes in helping women elevate their mindset so they can really achieve their goals. In her book, she really talks about why 92% of people who set their goals really never achieve them. And so we're kicking off 2021 with this incredible episode, really all about crafting a roadmap for the year ahead by aligning our goals with our vision. Lariel shares with us really what it means to be a woman with vision, how to get clear on what you want to manifest and how to align our mindset to move from the space of intention to action and execution. We talk about Lariel's method for goal setting, the difference between goals and vision. And I love this part of the episode because I I don't think I've ever heard someone describe 
the two this way before. So I think you're going to love it. How we can really find clarity through the chaos of 2020 or just life in general and why learning to celebrate ourselves is such a key part of goal setting. Plus we talk vision board 101, common mistakes that people make when creating a vision board, what you should do, what you should look out for. Larry and I talk about the gift of 2020, her biggest dream and so much more. As Lariel shares, really setting goals is a good place to start, but there's so much more to it from working on your mindset to creating an actionable plan. There's so much wisdom, advice, and tools shared in today's episode. I just, I know you're going to love it. Okay, two fun and quick announcements, things to share before we dive in to today's new episode. The first is I am so excited and honestly honored to share that I am speaking at the Year of You four-day virtual retreat this Thursday, January 7th. And my session is all about cultivating self-awareness and the connection between that self-awareness and joy, how to tap into that feeling of joy so that you can really continue to choose you in 2021. And that goes live on Thursday, January 7th. And this virtual retreat is going to feature a group of over 20 amazing female experts. And the lineup is just unreal. There are 21 pre-recorded workshops and talks, plus 11 live workshops over the course of four days. And I think it's a really incredible way to start off the new year. So I'll include the link in the show notes for today's episode, sign up to tune in, gain inspiration, participate in the workshops. It is totally free to you. And I'm so excited for you to check it out. The link is in our show notes. The second fun announcement, the second thing I want to share with you is Seek the Joy podcast is now on YouTube. So starting with today's new episode with Lariel, you can now watch my incredible conversations with our guests on the podcast. You can literally see us having the conversation. I'm so excited for this next step for the podcast, um, sharing these video conversations, these video episodes, I guess you could call it. I don't even know what to call it, but if you are on YouTube, I would be so grateful and appreciative if you would subscribe to our channel, like, interact with the videos, share them on your feed. Um, I think it's going to be really fun for you guys to see me have these conversations with these amazing, incredible, insightful guests that come on the podcast. So the link to subscribe and check it out, check out our YouTube channel is going to be in our show notes. All right, guys, that's it. I know today's intro is a little longer than usual, but there's so much to share and talk about as we dive in to our first episode of 2021, a brand new year, which like I said, it's going to take me a minute to remember we're in 2021, but I think you're going to love today's new episode with Larry L. So without further ado, let's dive into today's new episode with Larry L. Lipkins, all about creating a roadmap for 2021 by just aligning our goals with our vision. Lariel, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on Seek the Joy. I think our conversation today is going to be really timely for so many. And so I would love to start off by just diving into who you are and your work. How did you get started with goal setting and, and looking at the way in which we, we approach our goals and, and really wanting to change that? Yeah, so um, thank you for having me on. Um, so I really specialize in 
helping women, a lot of times it's uh, women professionals, uh, female entrepreneurs who are very ambitious, right? They have all these goals, they have all these dreams, but they're having a really hard time moving from the intention to the actual execution. And I got started in this because I've been doing uh, professional sales training for 11 years. And a lot of what I did was around mindset Mm -hmm. work. Because it was very easy for me to teach people how to sell. Like that's not where people struggled is really the mindset piece. And then also having goals that will push them outside of their comfort zone to do everything that I uh, was going to teach them to do. That was probably a little bit scary. And so um, I did that for nine years uh, in corporate. And I really got to the point where I'm like, I can really take all of these skills that I've learned and share them with a different Mm -hmm. audience. So before I worked 95% with men and corporate, and now it's like 100% (laughs) women. And, um, And so that's how I kind of made the transition from a professional standpoint. But I've been doing vision boards since 2009 um, and was kind of introduced to it at my previous Mm -hmm. company. So that's how I got into it. I love that. I love, I love what you said that it starts about mindset, moving from intention to, I think you said action, because we, I think, especially at the mm-hmm. start of a new year, we have all these really good intentions, whether it's about like physical fitness or health, or, you know, you want to start a new endeavor, a new career, a new passion project, but it's about that execution, about taking that next step to, to really take the action to move forward. And so I'm curious if you could speak about mindset and the role it plays in this, because how do we move from that intention to, to moving forward with, with that goal or vision that we hold for ourselves? Yeah. So, um, I, am a true believer that mindset is one of the pieces. So it's kind of like that three legged Mm -hmm. stool. Uh, so you need to one, be clear about what it is that you actually want. And I find a lot of women, um, in particular, we're not clear about what we want. We want what society tells us what we want or what we think Mm -hmm. we can have versus what we think that we can really, um, really do and deserve, right? And then the other piece is then being able to create a plan. Um, It's one thing to have an idea of what you want, but then having a realistic plan to make that happen makes it so much easier and uh, a lot less overwhelming. And then you get to the piece around the mindset, which I think is probably 90% of the challenge for people um, and really shifting their mindset. And I would say the biggest challenge that I see is a lot of times we think once I get to the goal, then my mindset will change. When in reality, your mindset has to change before you Mm. get to the goal. And that is the biggest thing that people don't really realize. And so what ends up happening is, like you said, each year we set the same goals over and over and over and over and over again. And we wonder, is there something wrong with my goal? Is there something Mm -hmm. wrong with me? Is my goal too big? And I always tell people, it's not that your goals are too big. It's that your mindset is too small. And you cannot accomplish a new goal with an old mindset. Ooh, that's so good because I think especially sometimes you brought this up, sometimes our idea of success or what we're going after is somebody else's. It's somebody else's goal for us, Mm -hmm. somebody else's idea of who we should be. And so that's interesting what you said that our mindset is too small. And so how do we, like, how do we start to expand that? Does it start with getting clear on what you actually want? Is that the best way to start to expand your mindset. I'm so curious about this because it it just resonates so much. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think you need to be clear about what it is that you want to begin with. Um, And then that way, then you can start thinking about who must I become and what are the beliefs I need to have? What are the behaviors I need to have to be that person? Right. And so I'll give you a real practical example. Um, 
this year when I was setting my goals, I did something completely different. And I started with my life goals instead of my mm. business goals. <laughs> and so in the past, I've always planned kind of my life around my business and or career. And so this year I just took out a sheet of paper, two lines down the, down uh, the paper first to the left. I said, okay, what do I want my life to look like mm. and feel like? And I just wrote down, didn't judge it, didn't say, well, how am I going to do with that? How am I going to figure that out? That's way too big. The second one was, what does my business need to look like in order to align with that? And the last column is, who must I become to actually do that? And see, that's the thing. I think a lot of times people just are so motivated and they start working towards their goals and they don't realize or think about what are those negative mindsets that I'm going to have to let go? What are the beliefs that I'm going to have to adopt in order to make that happen? And so once you start doing that, things get a whole lot easier because it's never like a physical limitation for most of us. It's always a psychological um, limitation. And that psychological limitation reminds me so much of what you said about how does this make, how do I want to feel? How do these goals make me mm -hmm. feel? And sometimes it's our emotions that get in our way of that mindset or stepping forward, that negative self-talk, those negative limiting beliefs sometimes are so tied in to those emotions. So I think what you said is so interesting mm -hmm. of picture for yourself, not only the goal, but also how you want to feel. And so we can start to tap exactly. into how something will make us feel. Personally, when I've done that, it makes me feel more motivated and more clear. And then also like, mm -hmm. oh my God, like, is this feeling emotion? Is this thing going to be possible for me? I think it like, it serves as an expander for yourself in that way too. I love what you said. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I tell people, be emotionally connected. And people may have a different mm -hmm. idea of this, but I believe, and in my experience, it helps when you are emotionally connected to your goal. If you're not emotionally connected to the goal, you're not going to do anything different, no. uh, which is, aka okay, the hard stuff to make it happen. But you shouldn't be emotionally connected to the outcome. I mean, yeah. to the process. And that's what I find people are making the mistake. They're not emotionally connected to the goal, but they're completely emotionally connected to mm. the process, which is probably going to be a bit uncomfortable. And we really need to switch those two. That's so interesting because I think sometimes the process of getting to those goals, of getting to the thing you want, it can feel overwhelming and also intimidating. And so I'm curious if somebody's listening and they feel that way of like embarking on this process feels like a lot. What would your advice be? Where, where can they start? Should they break things down and start small? Where, where's a good place to start? Absolutely. I always tell people I am all for dreaming big, mm. but I'm more for starting small. Because what I find a lot of times that people go, I, I haven't worked out in two years. So now I'm going to work out seven days a week for two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. And yeah. so it's really how do we break that down to realistic things? So I think it's breaking um, it down to realistic things. And so I'll give you a quick example. Um, when people found out that I wrote my first book in 21 days, they were like, okay, hold on. I've been trying to write a book for three years. How did you do it in 21 days? Mm -hmm. And I would all always say 60 minutes at a time. Mm. I wrote my book in 60 minutes at a time. I didn't think about writing 12 chapters or 200 pages. It's can I write for 60 minutes? Mm. And so I think that is number one is breaking it down. And then the second thing I think is I find so many women in particular that they get overwhelmed because they're thinking 10 steps ahead and they haven't even done step one. Right. So you need to do step one before you start thinking about step 10 and then things become a lot more manageable mm. for you. That's interesting because it reminds me so much of how we spend so much time in the future and as opposed yeah. to staying in the <laughs> present. So if you can break, it sounds like to me, 
if you can break these goals down for yourself into actionable bite-sized steps. And I love what you shared that you wrote your book in 21 days. And, and I love that you said you took it 60 minutes at a time, because if you look at writing the whole book as like the end goal, it's going to feel like a lot. Like, I don't know if I could do that, but if you break it down, like you said, it feels more attainable. And so it sounds like a lot of this practice with goal setting is really about staying in the present moment as much as you can and looking at what you can achieve right now. And it's not going to be the whole picture, but it's going to be that one bite size of it that you can take at this time. Yes. It's like, how can you look in the future and then bring that to the present? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's also another reason that when I teach my vision board process, I know some people go, you know, create like your dream life. Okay. Well, there's a lot that can happen in my dream life, Mm -hmm. but, and that can be very difficult for people to try to imagine what I want my life to look three, five, 10 years from now. Look with COVID, like no one would have expected a pandemic, right? But it's much easier for me to think about what I want my life to look like in a year Mm -hmm. than in five years or 10 years or 15 years. And so when I teach the vision board process, I, I, I teach them that you need to do it for a year because that's a lot easier for your brains to comprehend than trying to say, you know, somewhere down the road, I want a yacht in Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. But we, but you can't pay your rent now. Right. So let's focus on that first. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we can get to that. And so it's really bringing that, that future vision to, to the current by setting goals to make that happen. Mm. I have so much I want to ask you because you you brought up these vision boards and I know that that's where all this started for you. But if someone is listening and they don't know what a vision board is, what is it? Um, I guess that would be my first question. And how did you, I know you talked about this at the beginning, but how did you get started with vision boards for yourself? Yeah. So um, a vision board is really just a visual representation of your goal. So I like to think about it as a roadmap for the year. Uh, versus I think a lot of people end up creating just like a collage of random pictures and then um, they don't manifest it, right? right. Because it's, it's, it's really random. And so I started doing uh, vision boards back in 2009 and had a very similar experience to most people went to the store, grabbed some magazines, glass of wine, spent the afternoon cutting out <laughs> pictures like, whoa, that, that looks good. I want abs. <laughs> I want the money. I want the house. I want the husband. I want the car. Mm-hmm. Manifest it all, right? right? And so I like literally crossed my fingers and was like, 12 months go by. Like, let me manifest this dream life. And nothing happened. Mm. Except I did move out of my mom's house, right? And got my own apartment. But that was it. Mm-hmm. And so next year did the same thing. Next year did the same thing. And I said, okay, I must be doing something wrong. And so that's when I really started studying vision boards and really saying, okay, what's the process? And over a lot of trial and error, to be honest with you, I really found a process that works for me. And then I started teaching that to other women in 2015 because I had people going, okay, your life is different. You're showing up different. You're showing up big. You're showing up really confident. You're making moves. What changed? And that's also when I realized that there was a difference between vision and goals Mm. because I had started checking like tons of goals off and on the outside looked really successful. But to be honest, on the inside, I felt really miserable. I felt unfulfilled and I felt guilty for feeling bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) about how I was feeling because I felt like I should feel more successful. And that's when I realized that there's a difference between having vision and having goals and the power is being able to align the two. So they work together. Hmm. So many questions are coming to mind, but I guess (laughs) just to sort of close out this piece about vision boards, it sounds Mm -hmm. like a common mistake that people make with a vision board is thinking you just slap anything on it 
and you're good to go. I mean, I've seen a lot of things like on Instagram or social media about exactly what you just said. Someone goes to the store, they pick up magazines, they come home with a glass of wine and they're planning out their next year, you know, with magazine cutouts. But it sounds like that's a almost like a common mistake people make as opposed to getting really clear for themselves about what it is that they're looking for, what they're trying to call in. Um, are there any other mistakes that people make that they should be on the lookout for when making a vision board for themselves? Yeah. And I think what you say kind of hit the nail on the head is that I always say, if you're not clear about what you want, a vision board won't help you, mm-hmm. right? Is that you really need to get clear about what the vision is. And then the vision board is just really more of a tool to make that happen. Um, the other mistake that I will see uh, along those lines is that people will go to magazines for inspiration about what they want in their life. And that is a mm-hmm. huge mistake. Uh, creating the vision board is the last thing that you do. Um, and the reason that that's a huge mistake is because then you end up with a wish list of all the things I just said versus things that you're actually willing to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I find is that people's boards are completely disorganized, they're overwhelming. And I actually spoke at a conference last year and a lady came up to me and she's like, I have to tell you this. I created a vision board last year and it was so overwhelming. It gave me anxiety every time I looked at it. And she said it was so cluttered and so chaotic. So I actually teach a process where I tell people to divide their vision board in quadrants. Mm. So you can see all of the goals for the year but you only have to focus one quadrant at a time because each quadrant represents a quarter. And so that really helps people to focus on, I don't have to get distracted by everything that I see. Let me just focus on this part of the board. And that's another thing that I see. And then I'll give one more quick, there's a lot of mistakes that people make. Uh, But the other one that I see is that it's a bunch of words Mm. and that the words create clutter. Mm. So I say do 80% pictures, 20% words. And the reason is just the way that your mind processes words is completely different than it processes pictures. And just a quick example, if I said I wanted to go to Hawaii, imagine seeing the word Hawaii and imagine seeing the resort that you want to stay at that's on the beach Mm -hmm. in Hawaii, which one is going to resonate with you more? Mm -hmm. The photo, right? right? Yeah, because you can connect to that feeling of being relaxed and on the beach and soaking up the sun. I I love what you just shared. And I think that's so tangible for people. And I hope, I hope people are like writing this down and (laughs) and maybe redoing a vision board that they started for 2021. Because I think what you said really struck me of the vision board should be the last thing you do. It shouldn't be the first thing. You shouldn't be looking to the magazine for the inspiration. And it just feels like such a beautiful analogy for something we all struggle with, which is looking external to ourselves for an answer, mm-hmm. looking external for, to our, from ourselves of what should I do? Which path should I walk down? You know, looking outside of us, just like we talked about at the beginning of our conversation about someone else is defining that goal for you. Someone else is defining that success. And, and I'd love to go, I know you have this method for setting goals and I, I know we talked about it a little bit, but obviously the first piece is really about getting clear and, and getting that sense of clarity for yourself. If someone wants to get more clear on their goals, obviously it, it, it's going to take some inner work, but where is a good place to start? What have you found through your work um, is a good place to start in terms of just getting clear on it for yourself? You know, I, I think sometimes we need um, to get away from the, the daily grind or the daily routine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I even take um, clarity breaks. And when I do my goal setting, I don't do it at home. Like I'll go and just get away. I have a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. So mm-hmm. I get away for other reasons. Right? <laughs> 
I like to just get away and say, what do I truly want? Yeah. And the thing about it, I think, is that a lot of times when people are setting their goals, the reason that they struggle with clarity is because they're looking at their goals in the context of where they are today and what they can have today and the uh, constraints that they have today Mm -hmm. um, versus committing to the goal first and then figuring out how they're going to do it. Uh, And so I think that piece is really important. The other thing I think is that if you can align your goals to a vision, it's going to be so much easier. Mm -hmm. So uh, to give you an example, vision is going to be like the long-term picture that's often intangible, uh, whereas goals is like, how do you actually do that? So if someone says, I want to be financially independent, well, that's a vision. That's not a goal, right? Mm -hmm. The goal could be, well, in order to make that happen, I need to pay off debt. I need an emergency fund. I need additional stream of income. And I find that a lot of people have one or the other. They either have this like kind of pie in the sky deal with no idea how to get it, or they have like all these tangible deals and they're like, I have no idea where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the power is in alignment, mm-hmm. aligning the vision with the goals. I, I love that you make this distinction between what a vision is and what goals are, because we often, we think of them, I think, as the same thing. And so what you mm-hmm. said about vision being this broader image that you create for yourself and the goal is the ways in which you will get there. I think that's so well said. And I think it's not something that I've ever seen be broken down in that way. And you brought up something earlier, which is is so true of none of us could have anticipated 2020. Nobody yeah. could have thought it wasn't on anybody's vision board. God, I hope it wasn't. <laughs> I really hope it wasn't. I hope nobody manifested this. Um, but I think it's a year that has really taught us, you know, so much, so much about ourselves, so much about setting goals, having that mm-hmm. vision. I'm curious, you know, what your perspective has been on 2020. I mean, obviously I'm sure you went into it just like we all did with a certain idea of what the year would be and having those goals or a vision for yourself. Um, But I'm curious, as we enter this new year, I'm really curious now what your reflections on 2020 are after obviously going through last (laughs) year. Well, you know, here's my, here's my idea. I think a lot of times, um, when 2020 was coming around, we were getting closer. There was this whole idea of like, I have 2020 vision, mm. right? And it sounded really cute and cliche. And here's the deal. A lot of times people confuse 2020 vision with perfection, right? We thought it was like yeah. this, everything was going to be perfect. I'm going to manifest everything. Like this is 2020. When the reality that a lot is that a lot of times we don't get clarity until there's chaos. A lot of us don't really figure out what it is that we really want. Yeah. And so we're forced to say, okay, I've been pursuing all of these things. What really lights me up, mm-hmm. right? What have I been settling for? And so this year for me, I think it's really been eye-opening because as I go into 2021, I realized I want to streamline. I, I don't want bigger. I don't want more. I want more. I want things that actually matter versus more things. And so um, I think if we really lean in to 2020 and say, what did I learn about myself? Um, yeah. How did I grow? How did I develop? What did I learn about what was important to me? We'll really realize that, yes, there has been some challenges. Yes, there has been some pivots. But for a lot of people, and for myself included, it's really been a learning experience and forced me to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think if you don't, if you haven't gotten better out of, after this year, if you haven't got clear about, more clear about what's important to you, you missed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then yes, you just struggled through it. Mm-hmm. But if it forced you to say, okay, what am I really passionate about? What did I learn about myself? Where did I grow? Uh, what relationships did I need to let go? What things am I really most passionate about? then you will realize that 2020 was a really powerful yeah. and really beautiful year. Because this is a year that 
for me personally has pushed me to do some things that I've been thinking about doing um, that I just said, okay, now I have time. And, and then the last thing I'll say is I think if people will actually look at this and say, um, how did having more time at home allow me to accomplish some of the things that were on my board? Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a quick example. So I had my son in February and a, a week before shutdown, wow. right? And wow. yeah, it's like, so it was like tunnel, like twilight, like the twilight zone. Totally. But here's one of the things is I speak a lot for a living. So I was always on a plane. And now I said, with two kids, I want to spend more time at home. So when the shutdown happened, my initial thought was, oh crap, <laughs> all of my deals are going to get canceled. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But then, but then I elevated my mindset and I said, you know what? Now that means I can be at Miami at 12, California at two o'clock and Texas mm -hmm. at, at, four at six. And so it actually allowed me to get more done yeah. than, um, than before because it gave me more flexibility, but it, it took me shifting my mindset to actually see that as a blessing. Mm. Taking a brief break from today's new episode with Larry L to share with you today's sponsor, BetterHelp. We are going through some challenging times, and I know you're feeling it too. Now more than ever, it's important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to, and that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. This service is also available for people worldwide too. Now more than ever, I have found it's just really valuable to talk to someone about what you're going through, whether that be anxiety, depression, grief, and loss, and BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which, if you ask me, is a game changer. I want you to be able to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. And I'm excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. The link will also be included in our show notes. The example you gave, I think, is so is so good because it's really about seeing the opportunity in the difficulty. And what you yep. said about we often gain clarity through chaos, I think is so necessary for so many of us right now to hear because the chaos can feel exactly what it is, overwhelming, chaotic, burdensome, but it's really the opportunities that you find within it to step forward. I think in like you shared, what, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? I think both for yourself and others and in the world. It's really an interesting time, I think, that we're in right now of being able to sort of assess all those learnings from the past year yep. and kind of be able to have this moment of what you and I are doing right now, right here is kind of debriefing, right? Like on the last year. And if someone else wants to do what you and I are doing right now, um, you know, where's a good place to start to start to look at the last year Start if they haven't already. Start to see the gift or the opportunity or the lesson, or um, begin to find that clarity from their own chaos. Because I think sometimes when we're swimming in the deep end of it, we we don't even know where to begin to start to to yeah. see that lesson for ourselves. Yeah. So funny thing is, we just posted a um, a free kind of worksheet 
that does exactly what you're talking no about way. on my website. That's amazing. Yeah, so, so, uh, so it should be live tonight because uh, my VA is working on it, amazing. but it is, it will be a woman with vision.com backslash 2020 review. Mm. And it's doing exactly what you're saying because I was talking to her and she's like, how do you, how do you have this perspective of, with everything that's going on? Yeah. How can you say that this is actually one of the best years? And, and I debrief every year anyway, I actually debrief every month, every quarter. So this is just what I, what I do. And so, uh, I said now is even, even more important. And it's something I've always personally done. Um, but I said, now I should share my process with other people because to me it comes naturally, yeah. but to your point, there's some people who are probably swimming and can't tell, you know, up from down yeah. and saying, how can I really look at this? And what can I take from this that will help me to go into 2021 at a better place yeah. than going in feeling defeated and discouraged um, and disappointed with maybe how 2020 turned out in comparison to what they thought it was going to be. So again, it'll be a womanwithvision.com backslash 2020 review. It's a free worksheet. We'll walk you through some prompts and questions mm-hmm. for you to fill out and kind of reflect so you can be in a better mindset going into 2021. Mm, I love that. I love I love that it's literally something you're working on. <laughs> and you I didn't plan to even ask you that. So this is amazing. Um okay, so I'll make sure to include that in the show notes for today's episode so people can go ahead and check out that out because I think you're what we're saying, I think you're so right about just this comes naturally to you and it doesn't always come naturally to everybody and I think the perspective and mindset that you have is really um something that I definitely gravitated towards because it reminds me of something I try and share all the time on the show of, you know, you can be in the thick of what you're experiencing and it can suck. It can really suck, but you can still find the joy and the lesson and the opportunity. Um, And it sounds like this kind of mindset has just always been, has always been your thing. And, and, And so I would kind of love if we can to dive into your work, I know you're the author of A Woman with Vision and mm-hmm. obviously it's your website and your work and everything else in between. What does it even mean to be a woman with vision? I'm just so curious. I just think what you yeah. do is so cool and you really walk this perspective that you carry for yourself. So anyway, I would just love to know more about it. Yeah. So um, what does it mean to be a woman with vision? I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you asked, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, to be a woman with vision is really to tap into your own power. Mm. And it's a being able to see beyond where you are today. I, I think a lot of times when people set goals, it's just kind of the here and now. Yeah. Um, but the vision is like, wh- what is the possibility? What is the potential? Like, who can I really become? And I always tell this story, and I tell it in the book as well, um, about a couple of years ago. Um, I was in the kitchen cooking, regular Tuesday night, whipping up my go-to meal, spaghetti. <laughs> and in case you're wondering, and my son walks in and he is screaming. He's two at the time. He's screaming. And he's like, mom, mom, mom. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. After a few minutes of him running around and me trying to go, it's not the dog. It's not this. It's not that. I noticed something. Mm-hmm. And that was that he saw his shadow. And at two years old, he saw his shadow for the first time and he saw his little shadow projecting onto the stairs and it was bigger than him Mm. and it was scary. And I laughed (laughs) because I'm like, it's just, it's just a shadow. Mm -hmm. And here I am, imagine me trying to teach this to a two-year-old. And then I felt this sense of conviction Mm. because I think we've all been at this place where we've all seen our shadow. 
And it was all, we were scared. Yeah. And we saw this bigger version of ourselves and what was possible and what we were capable of and what our life could look like if we actually gave 110% actually went after the things we were terrified of. And I felt that moment of conviction because I had been running from my shadow. Mm. And so it forced me to say, it's just you. It's the possibility. And the closer that you get to your shadow, the smaller it becomes, right? Because it becomes who you are. Mm. And so that has really I changed my perspective on a lot of things and really not just having the vision, because that's one thing, but it's doing the work and, and outgrowing yourself to execute the vision, mm. right? So my mission has really become in helping women move from having the goal, having the, dr- the dream, having the vision, having all these things. So how do I really grow myself and shift my mindset where I can execute it? Mm. And I think that's really powerful because um, a lot of us are raising kids and a lot of us have goals that impacts other people beyond ourselves. And when we don't show up, it's a ripple effect. And so it's become my mission to help women show up, right? Go after what you want. It's okay, mm-hmm. right? It's more, Not only is it okay, but you deserve it, Yeah. right? You deserve to step into who you can become, like, I don't know. I get, I, I I love get it. really into it. Yeah. Because I've been there, right? I've been there on the edge. Like, oh my gosh, I know what I want, but I'm too scared to, I've always been this and I've always done this. I mean, I left a six figure job mm. to go out on my own. Imagine being terrified yeah. about what could go wrong and then realizing like, but what could go right? And that moment in the kitchen on a Tuesday night, cooking Gaddy is what changed it for me. <laughs> I love this story because it's about giving yourself permission. Exactly what you exactly. said, giving yourself permission to step into who you see yourself becoming, uh-huh. who you know you are. And it's so interesting what you said, the closer you get to it, it gets smaller because you begin to embody it. That shadow, exactly. you begin to embody it. Part of this, mm-hmm. I think, too, is in giving yourself permission and, and allowing yourself to take action is letting go of all that baggage that you carry yep. and that limit mm-hmm. you from stepping forward. And this ties in so beautifully to what you said before about, about your goals and, and that vision and letting go of those limiting beliefs and elevating your mindset to be able to let go of all that stuff. And step forward exactly. in in who it is that you are, what you want to do, who you want to be. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I love that. I just think it is so, I don't know if the right word is profound, but I just think it really, <laughs> it, you just never know when a moment in the kitchen is going to spark a whole <laughs> um, understanding of what your next yeah. move is really going to yeah. be. And, and you know, and one thing I would say to someone listening who's like, oh my gosh, it's Sounds so amazing. How do I make this really practical? Yeah. Right. Is that a lot of times people, we have this vision, we have this idea of what we want to be. And um, we feel bad for being scared. Mm. Right. And I want to tell you that it's going to be scary. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be challenging. You're going to doubt yourself. That doesn't negate that that's what you can become. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it just means that you're human. It just means that you're stretching. And so you're, you get closer to that vision by taking one step at a time. And I'll just give you like one quick example. I had a client who said, well, I'm going to do something when I get confident. And I said, whoa, 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 that's not how it works. You get confident by doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Right? And, I, and it, it's just like, whoa, I never thought about it that way. You don't get confident once you get there. Your confidence built is built in getting there. Mm-hmm. And so give yourself some grace. Oh, 
you build confidence by working towards it, by taking the steps, yep. by taking the action. I say this, I've had conversations so much on the show where we really discuss this, this point of wanting to build confidence and trust and knowing with yourself, you don't just wake up one day and you're like, I'm the most confident person in the world. I'm confident today. Hell no. <laughs> what happens is, is you keep putting yourself out there. You keep taking a risk, yep. what feels like a risk to you. You step outside of your comfort zone and then you start to like build that muscle for yourself of that self-confidence and that self-trust. And what you said too is so interesting about sometimes we feel bad for being scared. And I think at the other end of that too is sometimes we don't know how to celebrate ourselves. We don't know mm-hmm. how to celebrate our wins and, and moving towards that vision and those goals for ourselves either. And so I'm curious, what role does that sense of celebration and being able to, you know, look at what you've actually achieved, does it play a a role in goal setting? I feel like it has to, right? Like being able to, to see what it is you've actually accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have this thing that I talk about the VGR pyramid. So I talked about two pieces. So the first is vision. Mm -hmm. So you need vision then you need goals. And then the bottom piece is you need rewards. Mm. So it is okay to reward yourself. Not only is it okay, it's necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It is necessary. And this is, I will tell you, I was good on the vision. I was good on the goals. I struggled with the rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized that if you don't reward yourself, it becomes draining Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it, it actually works against you. So it's okay to celebrate your success. And I believe that you don't just celebrate once you get to the final goal is that find many ways, many wins that you can have um, to keep you going and to build the momentum. Hmm. I love that because I think we wait until the big moment to celebrate. Like when the fireworks go off and you, whatever it is you, you've quote unquote achieved, that's when we celebrate. But if you can celebrate along the way and either create little milestones for yourself Mm -hmm. or just celebrate the fact that you're trying, I mean, you don't even have to quote unquote accomplish anything. I think the accomplishment is in the trying is in going for it. I I love what you said that I love that. Yeah, go ahead. And and we do this naturally in other ways. So my nine month old, well, he's when he was learning to walk. So he started trying to walk at like seven and a half, eight months. And he didn't get up and like, you know what? I'm tired of crawling. I'm just going to run. Right. That didn't happen. If he did, like we should have captured that and like put it on TikTok and go viral. Absolutely. Like he stood and then he walked along the edge and then he fell and then he would walk and then he would fall. We go, yes, he did it. And he fell so many times that he still falls today. And and we we celebrate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We celebrate when you think about it, we celebrate we're celebrating his failure Mm -hmm. because we know that he's failing less and he's getting closer to being able to walk like, you know, consistently. But then when when it comes to ourselves, we literally have this mindset that we're going to go from crawling to running in no time. And it's like, no, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. Learn from the failure. Um, I also, I actually tell people have planned failure, like Mm. set some time to, 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 uh, fail on purpose (laughs) Um, and learn from it. And then that is the only way that you're going to get success. And if you learn how to fail fast, um, you'll get there quicker. Knowing that failure is part of the journey and actually accepting it and being okay yep. with it, I think is huge because huge. especially if you're a perfectionist or, um, yeah, you're just type A or a perfectionist or whatever, speaking from experience over here, I mean, the idea of failure feels 
horrific, but if you can actually embrace it and know and accept that it's actually part of the journey and it means that you're, you're actually on your journey. It means that you're out in the world, you're trying, you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. I think that's another perspective shift. That's so huge and important. Mm -hmm. I love what you said that as a kid, like as a toddler, when you're learning to walk, we are celebrating you falling on your face. (laughs) So so celebrate you falling on your face in your life now too. And can I just share one tip? Please, yes. Uh, I know you're probably going to wrap up. Just one tip is uh, that was mind uh, kind of paradigm shifting for me is I started treating every idea as a hypothesis. Mm -hmm. So instead of treating things as an absolute, I start treating things as a hypothesis and it gives me room to fail mm. and, and accept it and embrace it like, oh, that didn't work. Let's try this. Yeah. <laughs> well, that didn't work either. Yeah. Let's try this. And it makes it okay. And it truly becomes part of the process. Um, and that has freed me so, so much because I was terrified of failing. I was like, I need to go to college, get, you know, 4.0, do this, do that, do this, do that. Yeah. Trying to basically say I'm good enough. Um, and then I'm like, wow, that doesn't necessarily work in real life. And everything now has become a hypothesis mm. for me. And it makes things so much easier. Again, perspective shift. And and just, yep. I love the tips that you have shared throughout this conversation, because and I think we said this at the beginning, but the way we normally, and I say normally, because it's the way we as a society, I think, especially here in the United States, approach goals is it, it definitely sets you up to not succeed, to not reach them, to set them over and over year after year. But I think the tips that you shared, going from getting clear to shifting your mindset to having an actual plan for yourself, this is all so good and so tangible. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really excited to share it. And I think, you know, before we go, is I'm always curious, you know, about how somebody's work ties in to their joy for themselves and in their life. And, you know, I can imagine on like a personal level, shifting the way you approach goals has given you so much more joy. But I'm curious, you know, today, how does joy show up in your life? And, and I mean, yeah, has this work changed your perspective of your own joy and, and being able to step into it for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, being able to see gratitude in everything, mm-hmm. being able to see everything as something that works for me yeah. has been mind blowing. So even when things don't go right, quote unquote, or according to plan, um, I'm always able to see how that pushed me forward because I'm always learning from it. So yeah, definitely gives me joy. And then the other side of that is being able to be the mom that I wanted to be, which is not the mom who just said, you could do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to live my life. I'm not going to go after my goals, you know, because I want to pour into my kids. But being able to say that, know that my kids are going to grow up and say, my mom not only taught us that we could be anything that we wanted to be, she actually showed us. Mm-hmm. And that to me makes me not only, not only does that bring me joy, but it makes me super proud mm-hmm. because I want to be an example for them. And so uh, it's been, it's been life changing. Mm-hmm. And then the other side of that is being able to see other people. Um, and hear their stories of how they've used the information I've shared, whether it's through coaching or through my programs and just being able to see their transformation gives my life a sense of purpose and meaning. Hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. It's, it's about that impact, right? Not only on exactly. yourself, but then seeing the ripple effect within your family and then this broader network um, in the world that you're able to show and share your work with. I think, I think that impact, that ripple effect of the impact is, is so wonderful to watch. And, and before we go, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. And that is, what is your biggest dream? And I know that's a big question, but I love asking it. I love asking it. 
my biggest dream, I think my biggest dream would be to do, and I know this is going to sound so cliche, but do something with Oprah. Mm. Like if I could be sitting um, in that, I don't know if it's in her backyard, like on Super Soul Sunday, and we're just chatting it up and being able to share my message um, with with the world, I think would be that moment where I go, I made it. <laughs> I don't think you're on that dream. I don't appropriate if you're listening. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Let's manifest that. Let's manifest it, please. I Let's think that would be so <laughs> amazing. I, I do. I feel like when you sit down with Oprah, you do, you know, you made it. You know, you're there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Larielle, I have love this conversation with you. And I'm, I'm really grateful that we've connected and that we're sharing this, I think, at the start of 2021, when we're thinking about our goals, when we're thinking about how we're going to approach them, what they're going to be. Um, so thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. Where, where can everybody find you, your work, your book, uh, follow along and, and connect and learn yeah. more? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, you can get that free download at a woman with vision backslash um, 2020 review. Um, you can also just go to womanwithvision.com and find out more about me and my program called Beyond the Board. You can also grab a copy of the book, A Woman with Vision, on there or on Amazon. And I'm at A Woman with Vision on Instagram. Perfect. Everything will go on the show notes. It'll be so easy for everyone to connect with you. And thank you so much again. I, I Like I said, I think the perspective shift, working on your mindset and being really clear with yourself first before you look to any tool or anybody else to craft those goals and that vision for you is is a really timely and powerful message so thank you so much again this was so much fun thank you for having me